Zvidania, everybody, and welcome to the Disenfranchised Podcast, where that podcast all about those franchises of one, those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy, and joining me, as always, my bobic, Brett Wright. Hey, Brett. Hello, Stephen. How are we doing tonight, buddy? I'm back, bitch. Yeah, man, it's been a while. It's been this is your first main feed appearance in 2024. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year, Brett. Thanks. Appreciate it. We're glad to have you here. Of course, our patrons heard you on the Rage Carry Two episode that dropped uh, last week, but uh, this is uh, for non-patrons. This is the first time they've heard your voice this year, and I'm sure it's got to sound pretty good to them. I would hope so. I if not, please hope let so. me know in the comments, and I will leave. No, do not do not <laughs> tell him that in the comments. Feels like he's got his foot out the door half the time anyway. Don't you dare give him an excuse. No, Brad, Damn. no. Damn, the shade. <laughs> the shade. Maybe I do, but the shade. <laughs> no shade intended, dude. I just again, we miss you. We did like I told you on the on the what are we watching we just recorded, man. We recorded an entire month on horror movies and you didn't show up for one of them. That's like a surefire way to get your butt in the in the door, man. And well, you guys you weren't here. You guys, one of these days, there's going to be a moment where Brett and I are talking, and he's going to be like, I wasn't training a partner, Tucker. I was training my replacement. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to Tommy Lee Jones me. <laughs> he is. 100%. That's going to happen one day. And I I, I just, I, I weep. Does that make me Zed? I don't want to be Zed. Does that make me Zed? Hey, but Rip Torn's yeah, the shit, Yeah, come dude. on. It's Rip Torn, man. That'd be, that's yeah, great. Yeah, I love that for you. Yeah. yeah, the only suit you'll ever wear. Um, the last suit you'll ever wear. That's what it is. Yeah, you are no, you are no longer a part of the system. You are above the system. Like a lower energy Riptor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can do low energy, man. No problem. Fuck yeah, dude. Also joining us, the guy who did show up last month, uh, the guy who smoked like so much meth before. Uh, it's Tucker. Hey, Tucker. I would like to go on record by saying I have never smoked meth. Mm-hmm. Hi, Stephen. Hi. How you doing tonight? I don't buddy? fuck with I don't fuck with chemicals, Stephen. They're scary. No, that's what I'm the scared, dude. Like, that's what the dude the 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 Uber driver said in the car. I know, but I have to clarify. You don't to our listeners. Look, no, everybody this watches movie. Everyone knows this, this, this movie. This is the internet, Stephen. You can't you can't just say stuff like that willy nilly. Yeah, Man. you have to cover all your bases. People will find those little. They'll get in there, dude. Uh, but yeah, I don't fuck with chemicals, man. It's the weed and mushrooms. It's really all I'll do. I guess I if I didn't have adult responsibilities, I might do peyote. I can see Maybe. that. Yeah. I can see you. I can see you doing ayahuasca and just getting lost in the wilderness for like a month. Yeah, that would be fun. But like, I mean, I never got a chance to do that. Um, and I don't, I don't really see me doing that now. Like I say, that I have adult responsibilities. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Just dude. eat a really hot pepper and wander into the desert and talk to a coyote. Talk to a coyote. You guys, man. we found a peyote when I worked at Frank's Nursery and Crafts. Remember the Frank's Nursery and Crafts, the cherry I, tree? I do. Yes, yeah. of course I do. That's uh, the week before my 17th birthday. On my break, I went over to Lowe's and filled out my application. And as soon as I was 17, bam, in that Lowe's. But anyway, Frank's Nursery and Crafts, like um, the potted plants inside, they have cactuses and stuff. And we straight up 
my friend Andy and I we straight up found a peyote. And did you did you take take the peyote? No, because we were so excited about it, we told everybody, and so the manager came and took it away. Ah, see, that's mm-hmm. that's your problem there. And well, that we was didn't your know f- what it was at first. Sure, and someone's like, "That looks like a peyote, sir." Yeah, that's a fun story. Nice. That's a Chinese yeah. restaurant now. That company no longer exists. No, they don't at all. All their locations oh, closed man. the fuck down. Man. The memories I have sitting in that uh that break room eating a personal size Donato's pizza, watching training videos. Such I can smell it. I can mm. feel it. The walls are yellow. I oh. believe it. I kind of miss mm. Donato's a little bit. I I never Donato's. ate Donato's, but now that you say Donato's, I kind of I kind of want Donato's. No, let me tell you if you had well you, you obviously haven't, but Tucker, have you had Donato's recently? I think the last time I had it was not this most recent time that I was in Indy. Well, no. Actually, the last time I had it was at the Monroeville Mall at the Red Robin there. Uh, Because, as I've mentioned before, um, Red Robin, not at all their locations, but at locations nationwide, serve Donato's Pizza now. And when I was at the Monroeville Mall checking out all the Dawn of the Dead shit, I went to the Red Robin specifically so I could get some Donatos. And that was when I filmed for the movie. So that would have been like April. Okay. April of last year's last time I had Donatos, but it was red Robin's Donatos, but it, it tastes the same. It's good. Why does okay, it suck now? Well, no, I mean the last time I had it, which was like three or four years ago. Um, oh. Yeah. I don't remember. And that might be a location specific thing too. Cause those things can vary pretty wildly in quality, depending on where you're going. I mean, yeah. Cause it was on, it was a Donatos on the East side. So uh, maybe that has something to do with it. Um, the one by the old Sam's Club? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Um, when you're almost yeah. to Joe's house? Yeah. yeah. I, I used to hit the one in Greenwood over by the, uh, over off of, I think, Madison. Uh, that one's, the one by Comics University, that one's gone now. I know. But when I lived I on the know south that side, till... it's, yeah, that's the that's one crazy. I used to go to. Yeah, the one I used the one I used to go to all the time is right next to the blockbuster I worked at, right down the road from my house. Yeah, wow, mm. what a difference! Yeah, so I ate that shit all the time, and it was great. And I'm wondering, maybe it was just a different location was not great. Yeah, but the the sauce might as well have just been pure red liquid sugar. It tasted mm. disgusting. Um, That's how I feel about Papa John's, which is why I don't go. I don't fuck with Papa John's because that cause their sauce. It's it's all the sauce. For I'm me. cool with Papa John's. Papa John's is okay. They're my least favorite chain, but I'll still fuck with them. Um, Pizza Hut's still my favorite though. Favorite chain, sure, sure. Favorite chain. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. There's plenty of way better pizza than that, but my favorite oh, chain, yes. Pizza Hut. Yeah. Right on. Fuck yeah. Instant is drilled into me as a child reading books. You get yeah, that free dude. personal pizza. Yeah. You you read the book, you get the pizza. Hell yeah. Hell uh, yeah. I was always a noble Romans boy myself, but and remain as such. I've heard modern Noble Romans is really good. I did go there. My parents took me there, I think, last. It was the same trip last April mm-hmm. they took me. And uh, I got the thin crust, and it was really good. And they were disappointed because they said I was supposed to get the the like the like deep dish because that's what was really good there. The deep dish is what you usually get at Noble Romans. I like the hand toss as well. Um, the thin the, was pretty good. The breadsticks are great. I yeah, personally, are. I like the location on the west side off of 10th Street oh, over by over by Ben Davis. 
uh that is like the flagship location and it is really and it's got like all the old school decor it's got like the old like you know the old pizza hut weird lampshades the glass ones it's got those but they're noble romans uh it's got like wood paneling all over everything it's it's fucking great they've still got arcade cabinets in the in the open area they got a little area you can climb up and watch the people make your pizza like it's it's legit that's delightful it was one of my favorite things about going to Noble Romans as a kid is you would uh, you could wash and make your pizza and that way you knew when your pizza was coming out of the oven so you knew when it was time to run back to the table. And of course, I've talked about the Noble Romans pizza monster on uh, a very special episode of Dis and Five Chives once upon a time. So, Oh yeah. Top five mascots? Top five food mascots. Yeah, Top fast food mascots. mascots. Yeah. Uh, but that's not why we're here today. Oh, no, let's keep nope. talking about not this movie. In fact, clearly we are. Uh, most of us are avoiding talking about this movie, but I want to talk about it. So uh, because Argyle is dropping in theaters this week. Um, the limo driver from Die Hard? No, there's a spy thriller about a about a, uh, a spy, a woman who writes spy novels and meets a spy and becomes embroiled in spy stuff. I don't know. It's, it's a very spy. Because thing. apparently the books she's writing are actually real. And they're like, right. how do you know all this? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just a writer. And it's hijinks ensue. And no one knows who the writer is, but based on uh, her first book, she gets a, a multi-million dollar movie deal. So everyone's assuming it's JK Rowling just writing under a pseudonym so that she can try to sell books after she pretty much canceled herself for her terrible views on shit. Anyway, we're not talking about Argyle. Instead, we're talking about, uh, well, Brett, I gave you guys options and you chose this movie, which is what? Uh, The Spy Who Dumped Me. 2018's The Spy Who Dumped Me, uh, written by Susanna Fogel and David Iserson, (laughs) written Written. by, directed (laughs) by Fogel. Directed. (laughs) And starring Tucker Shaw. Starring. I'm going to mute I'm you, sorry. Please, please go ahead. And starring Mila Kunis, Kate McKinnon, Sam Hugan, 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 Hugan. I don't know how to pronounce Hugan. it. It's Scottish. Hugan. Uh, Justin Thoreau, Gillian Anderson, Hassan Minaj, Ivana Sakno, uh, Fred Melamed, Jane Curtin, Paul Reiser, Lali Adafope. What a cast. Gentlemen, what a picture. Negative. No. Yeah, you guys are really negative on this one. I thought it was fine. You guys are just no. a bunch of haters. I just think, think, I, don't think I, I just think you don't think women can be funny. Is what I think. Oh, That's gotta you. be it. Fuck That's you. gotta be it. Right now, how, right now. Fuck you. How did you know, Stephen? <laughs> you know, I am notoriously and famously sexist. I know. I know. That's why so, I bring it up. I mean, I hate I hate uh, Ghostbusters answer the call, so I clearly hate uh, comedians. Me too. Really, really. The worst. Mm. Yeah, no, but like, look, I was I was on board with you, Stephen, and thought it was just okay until the end happened and nothing made sense and there was giant plot holes everywhere. (laughs) I just and I was done. I was I was. I don't even I don't even know what happens in this movie because it was so boring. I was so disinterested, even though I tried to pay attention. I just could not stay with it, man. It was such a chore to get through that fucking movie. I, Uh, I paused it to go to the bathroom. And saw there was an hour left, and I was like, how is it possible that I've been sitting here watching this movie for four hours, and there's still an hour left? How is that possible? My biggest complaint is that it is, like, 20 to 30 minutes too long. Like, it's a two-hour movie. It's It's got, like, two hours too long. Hour 57 (laughs) is the runtime. 
it needs to be like a it needs to be a tight 90 maybe 95 um it's 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 too it's too shaggy um i but i i liked it man i thought it was funny i thought it was i love the action set pieces it kind of had like a man who knew too little meets kingsman vibe going which i kind of enjoyed like you guys are looking at me like I'm insane, but it's it's absolutely there in the movie. I don't know what movie you guys were watching, but have you seen Kingsman? We have, we didn't watch the same movie. If this has anything mm. like Kingsman in it, and uh, we didn't watch the same film. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. Apparently not. Yeah. No. Man, that action sequence in the uh, in the cafe is is straight up is straight out of Kingsman. Man, it's straight up every spy movie action movie ever. It's- like Kingsman is a spy action movie. Why? Why? Like, no. When you think of Kingsman, you think of like cool gadgets and like like cool spy shit. There's no. There's not a single cool spy thing in this entire movie. Um, no. So, I mean, All guy, right. Well, you guys. Why don't you guys tell me why I'm wrong then? Well, I mean, look, Steven, it's important. It's important to mention that you're not wrong. No, you're not Steven, wrong. We we just disagree with you. We had a, a negative experience with this movie and i think i can speak for brett when i say that we are very very glad that this brings you joy like it like you being happy steven that makes me happy like look but look you you, we've been doing this podcast together for quite a while now it's true you should have known how this was going to go we we don't begrudge you we're glad this brings Mm -hmm. you joy we're happy for you yeah dude Good job, you walked Steven. into the lion's den on this one, and we're gonna have some fun, dude. I didn't pick this movie. You picked this movie, Brad. What? What? That is to what? say, like I suggested it as something we should cover. You gave me two options, and I chose one. Like it wasn't yep. really. Yeah, I would have picked it too because, like, I wanted to see it. I just forgot about it. I would have picked it too. What yeah, and also, like, I know, yeah, I'd never seen it. Like, how was I to know it was going to be shit? So, like. <laughs> I didn't. I thought Kate McKinnon's in it. It's going to be great. It'll actually be pretty exactly. funny. You know what? I'm excited. And then I wasn't. So. So where, I guess, where did the movie lose you, Brad? Because I feel like it lost Tucker pretty much immediately. Because Tucker doesn't think there's anything redeeming about this movie. Where did it lose you? Well, like I said, it lost me near the end. Um, it lost me probably when you find out that the, um, the gymnast assassin like didn't die. By getting a grenade right to the face, a, a um, pipe bomb to the face, yeah, pipe bomb to the face, yeah. Well, there's, well, yeah. I mean, CIA doesn't really use pipe bombs. I mean, it looked pretty. Fucking, it, it looked like a fucking pipe bomb, but yeah, no, fair sure. enough. I mean, design, uh, but yeah, no, but that's that's where it lost me. Like, it, well, that's where it started to lose me, and then it just sort of. Well, and I just read that as like a, a Bond villain thing. Like those Bond villain, like Jaws. How many times did Jaws die and kept coming back? Man, like. That's just yeah, that's just a thing with the spy yeah. spy movie. It's it's playing on the spy tropes, man. And so that's and that's I think that's maybe you've hit hit the nail on the head in terms of where I'm at. Is this movie tries to pay homage and use tropes from spy movies and then just fucking falls flat on its face every time? Like I, I, I had high hopes from the opening scene and like, you know, the premise. I just, I mean, I don't want to get into the end right away, so we can wait. But the end is where it really lost me. So just because none of it made sense, it was very poorly written. the The director, I think, was Gus Van Santing it, just counting the money <laughs> in the corner. 
I have better things to do. Jesus, you know? Ben, I'm busy. There's no performance in this film that makes me feel or believe anything. This is the worst performance of everybody in this movie. Mm. Yeah, it does feel very like the performances feel flat. Like there's nothing there. The only thing, the only thing, let me tell you the only thing in this movie I liked, and it's only because I have context for it, mm-hmm. was the scene where uh, Kate McKinnon got to like freak out over Gillian Anderson. Right. I mean, I'm sure we can all relate to that, yes. Yes. Well, and Kate McKinnon is on record as being like the biggest fan of her. That was like her childhood crush and and stuff. Yeah. And so that scene, like it wasn't a good scene, but to get to see them, those two interact in that way, that was fun. Outside of that garbage, all garbage, just a heaping steaming pile of landfill garbage. Because I feel like there's, there's lots of missed opportunities in this movie. For better storytelling um and yeah i mean i don't know how much we want to get into it right away we're only 18 minutes in we're just kind of i mean do we want to just go into the plot so we can get that out of the way and jump into it i mean if i if i get it this week i'm gonna be so mad because i I'm going to struggle. When it's the D6 of Destiny, sure. Brett rolls snake eyes more than any other number. So I think you're fine. Okay, like at this point, snake I've, eyes been gone. I've been gone. I've been, I've been eyes gone. Eyes. I've been gone for a while. I feel like you I'm have. obligated to just do it. Um, no, you're under. No, let the let the D6 decide. You you, you see what, what came back though, Brett, right? Did you see? Yeah, this? no, you were you were what talking about it on the uh, most recent carry episode. I was, yeah. yeah. We did. We we flipped the coin of justice. It was if only time. it had three sides. If only. If only. If only. If only. Well, all right. I mean, like, if you like, I'm more than happy to just do it because, like, I also no, haven't I mean, done it for a long time. I mean, if you want to do it, I will not begrudge you that. If, if that is your desire, I will not begrudge you that. But I'm happy to let the D6 decide. Well, like, I feel obligated. Okay. I feel compelled. Okay. Like, I'm just I'm just going to take this one for the team. I will I will put 60 seconds on the clock, and I will Number, give you... Well, first of all, we're doing the plot in 60 seconds. That's the part of the show where we recount the plot of the film we're getting ready to watch in, or we're getting ready to talk about in 60 seconds or less. In this case... 2018's The Spy Who Dumped Me. Um, I will give the... We usually uh, either flip the coin of justice or roll the D6 of destiny, but Brett has opted to to take one on the chin for, for our sins. Uh, so I Thank put you, 60 Brett. seconds on the clock. I'm going to give the 30 and 10-second warnings, as I always do. Brett, the time will start whenever you do. Right, this one's going off the dome, so prepare yourselves power of poor filmmaking compels you all right so there's a spy who's being chased by a bunch of russian other russian spies and he barely escapes and then um we flip over to america where mila kunis's character is having a birthday party with her best friend kate mckinnon and we find out that she was dating the spy that we saw in the opening scene um and then some shit happens. He shows up. He's been in hiding. He's trying to smuggle something and get this 
thing, this trophy, it's in a trophy, um, to the right people. So he dies, apparently. Looks Sure looks like he dies to me. Um, and uh, she, he gives her the trophy. So her and Kate McKinnon go on an adventure to Europe to try to get it to the right person. Um, the CIA gets involved. Um, some of them are bad. Some of them aren't. Uh, there's a whole like crime syndicate. Maybe they're Russians. They, there's Chinese mafia talk at some point. It gets real confusing. Um, and then uh, her boyfriend isn't really dead for some reason. Um, and then everything's okay, and they destroy the drive. And, and that is time. Yeah, I mean, look, man, look, there's so many questions. Like, why is why is why is he alive? How why is alive? Really why is a duty free? Why is a no. duty free store in the airport selling trophies? Who needs to get trophies tax free? Who's looking for that? Who's like, oh man, I need to. I'm on an international fi- flight. Well, time to take advantage of no taxes. It's those trophies. It's my grandson's birthday, so I've got to get the best grandson trophy. From the duty-free store. You buy liquor and cigarettes at the duty-free store at the airport. Steven, what do you mean I didn't see that coming? What the fuck? How could you see that coming? Two things. He shot in the neck. He was dead. It's Justin Theroux, and he's fourth build in the movie. So unless this is like a Steven Seagal executive decision situation, he's coming back. And two, he's... He says the magic words that make you realize he's the secret bad guy of the entire movie. Don't trust anybody. Anytime someone says that within the first half hour of the movie, they're the bad guy. Every time. It is movie fucking law. Is that real? It actually makes it worse. This goes right into my trope. Like talking about how they're trying to use tropes that just fall flat. That, they do them fairly po- very poorly. Yeah, that, if that's the case, that's so fucking poorly done. Um, that like, because it a it doesn't make any sense, and b <clears throat> like how how did he how did he survive? Like what happened? Like he got it looks like he got shot in the neck. Like how do you fake that? No scar, no wound when he shows up later. So Nothing. like was was Kate McKinnon's boyfriend who snuck into the apartment and was like the assassin to kill him? Was he working with him? But he killed him, right? The other like when he shot back and killed him after we got a beautiful look at his dick. Right, <laughs> we sure did a couple of them. Um, but so to quote Jim Carrey's Riddler, too many questions, too many questions, <laughs> too many questions. Well, and again, I'm not, I'm not thinking that hard about the, and maybe that's, maybe that's just, I'm just able to turn my brain off and, and, and enjoy a silly comedy, but You're like, talking I'm not to turn his brain off guy. I'm on record to say, oh, this like to turn my brain off and funny. not care and not think too hard. So if I am noticing this stuff, it's bad. It's but see, I have bad. to be able to turn my brain off and be entertained. That's the hook. I was entertained. I can turn my brain off and enjoy something, but. There was nothing entertaining about this film for me. The worst part, the very worst part, is how do you waste Kate McKinnon that badly? She plays the most generic, boring character. They just Her direction was uh, just do some Kate McKinnon stuff. So what more do you give need Kate, from Kate McKinnon? I mean, you give her a character. She's a character actress. Well, at least she could be. All of her strongest stuff on SNL is all character shit. 
And I would have much rather seen a movie about the whiskers are we cat lady than whatever the fuck this is. I thought so Kate wasted McKinnon, in this I movie. Kate McKinnon was was she a little bit? She was trying so hard, trying yeah. so hard. I thought she was nothing. I, I don't know from anyway. From the moment she she was on the phone talking to her mom and sending her mom the dick pics that the guy in the in the in the bedroom had sent her the night before, I was on board with whatever she was bringing to the table because I just thought what? that was such a funny conceit. Well, and then when her parents about. ended up being like Jane Curtin and Paul Reiser, I was even more on board. I thought I that was, was that was hilarious. a bright spot of the film. Seeing them, that was they These were guys funny. are great. They're hilarious. The only funny thing in the movie were those two characters, and they show up like twice. Yeah, they do. But, that's, but I mean, that was like the beginning of this movie shows promise, and then it just slowly nosedives over the course of the next two hours. I mean, I I agree with you only in so far as I think this movie was really terribly paced, and again, very long. Like there are these big stretches where nothing is really nothing happening, and it's kind of a bummer. I mean, some of the jokes don't land. I will concede some of the jokes don't land. Some of them just kind of lay there. And you're just like, what are we, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't, I don't understand what this is. Some of them go on way too long. Like the, the circus scene, God, you could have cut almost all of that. Like the Kate McKinnon trapeze shit. You could have probably cut all of that and I'd have been fine. That would have been like a fun little thing for the DVD you could have put on there. It's a good um, dismount. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not the, not the Russian assassins. She, she got impaled by an anchor, but uh, hers was great. And like, I half expected to see her at the end, like using the fame from this to propel her acting career forward. But she decides to become a spy instead. Spies, spies, spies. So, I mean, and I guess now that I think about the the thing on the side of the assassin's face, is that supposed to be like a James Bond reference? Like, I I think it's supposed to cover the scars on her face. Like she's dressed like Borg from Star Trek. Why this whole like weird Borg looking thing? Yeah, she was Borg for sure. Because what Cirque du Soleil? Well, she has short hair, so she looks like the one gal that's really popular for being Borg. Seven of nine. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you the biggest thing, especially about Kate McKinnon's character that I really was upset about and why I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities and why the writing is really especially so bad. Um, did either of you, let me pose this question to start with, did either of you think that potentially there could have been a twist at the end of this movie where Kate McKinnon's character was actually working for the other side no. or that she was planted there by somebody? No. No. Okay. No, I would have been that would have made it worse, I think, for me. Yeah, that would have really disappointed Somehow. me. Oh how well and that's and that's because that's the way the movie went. But like there were didn't didn't go. Like the movie went in a direction that disproved that eventually, and so the current movie we had would have been made worse had that been the case. What I'm saying is they could have done this movie better had they maybe played into this a little bit more, because there's two things in particular that made me think this. They draw attention in the in the car ride to the airport. They draw like there's a line where she says, "Yeah, like the Russian mob putting us together as friends." You know that line. It's just like a throwaway line, and like there's, it's played in a way that comes off as like that's supposed to be an important line. Like, haha, they would you know the Russian mob putting us together as friends. Like that, that doesn't make any sense, haha. And then. Uh, and then later, when it's kind of a big deal, that Kate McKinnon's character has always wanted to act and is a very good actor. 
Like it's kind of yeah. a, a central part of her character. And she then she's like trained on the trapeze. Like I feel like I don't. It probably it clearly wasn't intentional for any of that to connect together. But no, I, I did, see it now it was, though. But you, right but you there turned the brain off. <laughs> no, I well the the according to the director, she wanted to write. Um, she wanted to make a movie where the female relationships were strong and consistent. Like there wasn't this like sniping backbiting. There wasn't the mean girls thing. The thing where there's got to be a huge misunderstanding halfway through and they break up and have to come together. She didn't want any of that. And so that's what the relationship between Kate McKinnon and Mila Kunis is supposed to be is this very strong female friendship. And that's why it remains the way that it does throughout the film. Uh, And I think in that respect, it's, it's fairly successful. Like, because I, I, me personally, I didn't doubt that these two were friends the entire time. Like if anything solidified that for me, it was the, the torture scene um, that really kind of, because when, like when they start telling the assassin various things about each other, like, Oh yeah, you did this and you did this and she did that. Like that kind of really bonded them together in my mind. Now, I expected that to be close to the end of the movie because that felt like a really good climactic scene toward the end. And then we still have another half hour to go, Um, which is, again, what I think is one of the major failings of the movie is just the how fucking long it is. But I thought that their relationship, I thought, was very well executed throughout, personally. I, 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 I could see from the performances in this film... I could see Kate McKinnon and Myla Kunis being friends in real life. But to me, they do not play off of each other very well. I don't think their chemistry was almost non-existent for me. Then again, I I don't think... uh, I hate to disparage anybody. I just don't think that Myla Kunis is a very good actor. Most Like, she has her moments, but generally i don't think she's that good and i didn't think she was that good in this movie and i didn't think that they had very good chemistry either which when you're doing a movie about friends that you gotta believe they're friends sure and i didn't believe i didn't believe their relationship i'm glad that worked for you steven i just couldn't see it yeah Yeah, that's also what played into like my thoughts on that like they didn't they didn't feel like really close friends that had known each other a long time. So that didn't really help dissuade my theory until their parents showed up on camera as like cameos. I'm like, Oh, okay, well that's all shenanigans. I was just all in my head, I guess. Right. But then, you know, we also see Drew's parents and they end up being Russian spies. So, well, and that, and that, you know, that threw me off a little bit too. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, it's possible, but right. Especially that scene where they're sharing stuff about one another. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's not, this isn't going to be a thing. But at that point, like you guys said, it would have made the movie worse. Like at that point that we're at in that movie, like it would have made the movie worse to all of a sudden out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. um, pull a twist at the end. Oh wait, they did that. And it was also bad. Mm, That makes sense. I mean, that's, that's one twist. I think this movie doesn't need And this movie, as you mentioned, Brett does get very twisty toward the end in particular. Uh, and there's there's a lot of like back and forth. There's a lot of trading trading hands. The, there's the whole uh, the MacGuffin of the 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 list or whatever whatever is on the uh, 
the flash drive that it takes us way too long to figure out what's on that. Um, and we don't know who the, like at first we think it's Hassan Minaj and then we think it's somebody else. And then we, we find out that it's really been drew the whole time. Like we, it goes back and forth as to who the big bad really is in the film kind of can't make up its mind. And, and I feel like that's really sloppy. Like I wish again, that's another thing that we could have tightened that up. We could have cut a couple of those reveals out of this movie altogether. There's this nebulous evil counter intelligence agency called Highland. Mm -hmm. That's what they're constantly saying. Right. That we don't know anything about. Yeah. We don't know anything about them. They, we don't know, you know, anything, but, like, but who's working for them and who is it is supposed to be kind of like the thing in this movie. And right. And apparently half, half of the intelligence services are working for Highland as well as like half the people in every restaurant they go to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, if, if anything, that felt like a, like John Wick two scene, like mm-hmm. oh, everybody in this entire place is an assassin all of a sudden. Right. Like that guy's got a knife. These people have guns. She's shooting this guy. Because like I was sure that Jillian Anderson's character was going to end up being bad because when they finally opened the flash drive, right? It's like oh, your your American government created this, right? So like even though they had to, they they had to keep reminding me that she wasn't a bad guy. Yeah, they're really every time she in. every time she came on, I was like, oh yeah, there's the oh wait, no, she's not a bad guy. She's and it feels guy. like if you're if you're gonna cast Gillian Anderson in a role like this, particularly where she's got her British accent on, um, you you expect her to either be a villain or like they have to have been planning franchise for this because she's she doesn't do anything in this movie. She's got to play a bigger role in the second one, right? Like that's usually why you get big names in a movie like this, particularly so far below the line. Um you know, Jane Curtin and Paul Reiser aren't big names anymore, but like they're oh, they still recognizable. Fa- they are to me too, though. In my heart, and I loved seeing that. I loved that that Jane Curtin and and Kate McKinnon both got their starts on SNL, and they played mother and daughter. Um, I loved the you know Paul Reiser's character trying to figure out how to turn the volume down on the TV, and he's turning the color up, <laughs> like just the the shit like that. Just the 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 boomer. I don't know how to work technology humor was really hitting nice for me. And I, you know, I, I love the, the Kate McKinnon's whole relationship with her parents, sending her mom, the, the, the Ukrainian guys, dick pics and stuff. I I thought that was hilarious. And, you know, her constant need to call her parents at every turn. And yeah, I, I just, I loved all of that. I thought that hit every time you could tell Kate McKinnon was just riffing like crazy. Um, Sometimes that worked out really well. Other times like the, the not quite mid credit scene where she's doing all the Japanese food puns. I was like, okay, this is, this is a little much. It feels like they just didn't want to cut any of those out of the movie. You know, Which when she's it? having that big reveal where she's like, everybody says I'm a little much. And I'm like, bitch, cause you are <laughs> a lot. I felt, much, like, actually. I felt like that, 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 that arc for her character also didn't feel like it had any weight to it. Like they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. because like for she doesn't seem like the kind of person who would give a shit right yeah. it's like the whole point of her character who fucking cares what anybody else thinks yeah but that did remind me talking about calling her parents all the time that was another point where i was like is she like they were doing like a jar jar binks thing i was thinking like she's acting stupid but like they were supposed to be in hiding 
and not calling anybody or talking to anybody. And like, oh, she accidentally called her parents because that's what she always does, isn't that? Because she's so wacky. Yeah, like that seemed like okay, she was trying to get somebody on their tail. But like, like again, it's just the bad writing gearing wearing you know bad. rearing its head. Like it just bad. Yeah. Because her talking to her parents all the time is not like a constant through line. There's large stretches of the film where that's not even a thing. Sure. Like so, you kind of forget that it's a thing between that joke on the pier and like the last time she talked about it is at least an hour, mm-hmm. forty five minutes. Like, well, with as long as this movie is, yeah. Um, so again, th- this movie needs to be t- again ninety ninety five somewhere in that range, not hour fifty seven. That's that's too long, too long of a movie. Agreed. Uh, speaking and of, I could feel ahead. it. And again, I enjoyed this movie. I had fun with this movie, but I was feeling the runtime toward the end. It's it's probably my biggest complaint about the movie, just how fucking long it is. And it, it needed to be tighter in the edit. They needed to tighten this thing up because, again, you got stuff that's not working. It just feels like they didn't want to get rid of anything and they needed to get rid of more things. Well, and it's it's funny because like with a movie that's two hours long, you think you'd get some character development for anybody. (laughs) Like everybody's just with the exception of Kate McKinnon's parents, everybody is just generic. So generic. This is the character that Kate McKinnon played is generic Kate McKinnon character. It's just the most general you can get. And it's really boring. And I hated it. Uh, speaking of wasted performances, uh, Hassan Minaj, Hassan, uh, what's his name? The Daily Show guy? What's his name? Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj. Yes, thank you. What a waste of having him in the movie. He, I don't, I did not believe his character. He, he, he could have not uh, been in this movie. Doesn't play and mean been well. The same movie. No, he doesn't. I don't believe it. When he's like being mean and snarky, I'm like, that's just cringe, honestly. Like him trying to do that. Yeah, that is. I want to believe it because really I love him. I think he's movie. great. Like right. I'm a fan, but his character in this movie sucked, and he his, ent- his entire loved, character. Loved you, dude, he went to but Harvard. he sucked in this movie. Like he straight up sucked in this movie, and I hate that. That pains me to say that about his my entire, boy. But his entire character is just that he went to Harvard, and so, like like most people who went to Harvard just cannot go a full sentence without bringing it, bringing it up. So. Dude, yeah. I mean, and it's crazy to think that something I probably would have thought was a cool idea in any other movie like this, um, cutting his thumb off, mm-hmm. and like, and then putting it into a lipstick a, container. A lipstick case that was great. Like, normally, I would have thought that was a really cool idea, but it feels so out of place in this movie. It feels like it came from a different movie. Now, didn't we? Didn't we just learn a couple weeks ago, Stephen, that that once you die and your blood stops circulating, that you don't have. You can't use your fingerprint the same way. Correct. Because based on the war. That's all I could think about while that was happening. I was like, well, my friend Steven told me. Yeah. Actually. And I mean, look, that's all I can think about now, too. But movies <laughs> are still going to use that to advance the plot. Oh, I don't yeah. Know you can't hey, movie. You can't go back. Ever since I saw the Mythbusters episode about like shooting a gas tank doesn't blow it up immediately. I, that's oh, all I can think about damn. now. Like, yeah. Whenever somebody shoots at a car and it just blows up, like. 
I can't take it seriously anymore. Yeah, there has to be some level of suspension of disbelief when you're going to see a movie. Sure. Otherwise, you're oh, you're never going to have fun watching a movie ever. Yeah. That was a clever idea. I, yeah. I quite liked it. Again, the, the line, uh, if I had a thousand guesses, never would I have guessed thumb. Good line. Good delivery by Justin Thoreau. Who also, I think, is kind of wasted in this movie. Like, I get it. Part of it is the role, and you kind of need a guy that you know and recognize. But to get to make that person Justin Thoreau, a guy whose probably biggest screen credit is the creep in Mulholland Drive, um, maybe not. You know, the the best guy to hire to give your to give your main to give your main villain the gravitas you need to maybe have us trust him at the beginning of the movie. Well, see, I didn't. Yeah, I was. didn't. So. I didn't buy him as a bad guy at the end either, because he didn't act like like his lines yeah. were bad guy, but he didn't act like a bad. He just acted like yeah. he did at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the thing. Because like I was so confused at the end. Like, okay, is he telling the truth? Is he not? Have we been lied to? I was to right by there the, with you, Brett. The right guy? there. Like, is and this I, the twist they're going with? And, I think you're supposed to. I think. I but I think again, Mila Kunis's character has it figured out. We're supposed to keep guessing. <laughs> character <laughs> well but that's the LOL. thing though like we're, we in a twist like that we should know we should know like he that but his character dies and i'm still going was he the bad guy it wasn't clear like, yeah he was he was the bad guy all right you say so honestly i he still was. don't know like <laughs> So it the the impression that I got is he was working with the 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 couple that were playing his parents uh and he set up this elaborate thing to get basically to to lay low long enough so that he could get Mila Kunis to deliver so I think he faked his death and I think the Ukrainian guy was there to help him do that but he needed Mila Kunis to get to Europe to get to deliver the chip to the person that need that was going to give it to him, but that got fucked up because she didn't, she brought Kate McKinnon along. Uh, and so that got fucked up. And so he had to kind of eventually had to make himself known after all of his various attempts to work at it clandestinely failed. And the fact that they were using, like anytime he was talking to the, uh, the, the the assassin girl, every time he was talking to her, there was like a voice chip over it, like a, a voice modulator. I was like, OK, well, this is someone that we recognize in the movie. And the first time we see him do that is like maybe a half an hour in. So I'm like, OK, who have we met at this point that it could be? It's either got to be the MI6 guy, Justin Thoreau or Hassan Minaj. It's one of those three. And so it's, I think that's, there's another instance where the runtime hurts this because that only happened twice. Right. In the whole movie. And yep. they're so far apart, I forgot that was a thing. Yep. Even though every time it happened, yeah. I'm going, okay, who is that? Yep. But by the time the twist happened, I totally forgot that was a thing. Yeah, the runtime, I think, is this movie's... It, I mean, the runtime is the real enemy, the real bad guy in this movie, honestly, because it just it's too fucking long. And I, I again, I think it's... I think I was entertained by this. You guys, I know, were not. I had a fun time. I liked watching this movie. I... I enjoyed it. Is it the best movie I've ever seen? No. I mean, is it one I'm going to watch repeatedly? Probably not. If it was on TV on like a Sunday afternoon, would I watch it? Maybe like this, this kind of feels like a, like a Sunday afternoon, like take a nap while you're watching it. Or like, you know, if you're hungover 
uh, on a weekend and you're, you kind of need something you can put on and not really pay a lot of attention to. Like this feels like the kind of movie you can do that too. Just watch it, wake up, watch the car chase scene, fall asleep, wake up, watch the circus scene, fall asleep. Like you don't really need to pay too much attention if you're not that invested. Um, but no, the runtime on this absolutely hamstrings this thing. And it just feels like a case of them not wanting to cut things out. Uh, it, it feels like no one was really able to kill their darlings in this one. Well, and I, I, I can honestly say that if the pacing in this were better, if this were a much tighter movie, I might go as far as being indifferent to it. But the fact that it's just the perfect storm of shit and the pacing is the biggest part of that storm, it just it just kills the whole fucking thing for me, unfortunately. It looks like they had a lot of fun making it, too. Yeah. So, like, good fucking good for them, dude. Anytime you can have a good time and get paid. Fuck and they yeah, got to, they got to film most of this in, in Budapest, which is yeah, dude. they got to go to some rad spots like you don't see. I, I, I love that they're filming on location because that's something you almost mm-hmm. never see big budget films do anymore Respect, is actually yep. go somewhere and film on a location somewhere because it's easier to get all the lighting and shit that you want in a studio in front of a green screen. So we'll just do that. Um, but just like Toronto, you know, fills in for just about every North American city, Vancouver, uh yeah um uh budapest fills in for every european city so like everywhere they go like berlin uh vienna every every, it's it's all budapest everywhere is budapest uh and then they did i think film like a little like some pickup stuff in amsterdam but pretty much everything else was budapest steven this is a family podcast amsterdarn i think is what you meant to say let's keep it clean but guys keep it clean no, we've, we've got an explicit tag on this podcast and we've earned it. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting yeah. to turn that on. Hamster fuck. <laughs> yeah. Gosh fucking darn it, Brett. <laughs> My bad. My bad. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I when I was when I was younger um, and, you know, growing up as I did in a very conservative household. I was singing the song uh, Constantinople uh, by uh, They Might Be Giants. Yeah. And um, I was my little cousin was in the room with me while I was singing it. She goes, that song had a swear in it. I was like, yeah, no, it didn't. She's like, yeah, they said the D word. I was like, no, honey, they were saying Amsterdam. That's the name of a place. Oh. It's not a swear. And she's like, oh. Yeah, that sort that's, of oh means they didn't believe you. I don't care. It's fine. I know the truth. And eventually she learned oh, the yeah. truth as well. It just, you know, she was like five. She figured it out. Yeah. No, I just, I just actively hate children. So yeah, that's, I mean, she's, she's, I was a kid too. I was like in, I was like in middle school, but now she's like all grown up and married now has a family of her own. She's good people. Go I miss her. her. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't listen to this podcast though. You know who does listen to this podcast, you guys? We have, we got it. Can we dip into the mailbag real quick? Since there's no like real place that we normally do this, I'm. We, we, we do normally it do it at the end of the episode, but okay. Uh, I mean, it's pretty late. <laughs> we're, we're we're getting there. No, J.K. J.K. We can talk about this as long as you want, Stephen. But don't let me forget. 
to we'll do no i i literally i have it pulled up it's it's okay good i've got it in a tab on my computer sorry for spoilers sorry yeah we actually got mail this week mailbags won't be lit i'm just saying uh we in that we have one yeah yeah it's on fire it never fails makes me want to wag my tail what 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 do you want to what what do you what do you want to do when it comes brett shout mail <laughs> fantastic and there it is folks yeah. uh, he's he is available for uh children's parties uh as is tucker actually so <laughs> brett i hate kids right available for children's parties ungrateful little yuppie larva uh my my partner and i have have taken to calling them damn wiener kids anytime we see anyone teenage or younger they're just damn wiener kids because they come from somebody's wiener no it's a line from the simpsons typical from one of the seasons you actually like so i don't know why you're being a bitch about it i'm not i'm just quoting (laughs) ghostbusters fuck off let me be Annie Potts for like five seconds. Jesus. I will never let you be Annie Potts. Damn. How dare you. Damn. How dare you stood him. where she How dare you stood where she stood? Uh, whatever you guys suck. You've you've not earned what Annie Potts has earned. Hey man, say you guys. I'm... I approve of your want to be Annie Potts. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. I, I watched a lot of designing women as a kid, so I'm no slouch when it comes to Annie Potts. All right. No, we love Annie. We are an we are pro Annie Potts podcast. And look, Annie Potts and Ghostbusters too. Look, there's a reason I love redheads. Okay. <laughs> so what Brett is saying is she could get it. What right. Brett's saying is, who are you going to call? <laughs> That's what Brett's saying. What Brett is saying is, we got one. <laughs> no, we're not going to leave. He is. <laughs> Fucking A, you guys. Good old Annie Potts. Uh, we have reached the part of the show where we're just quoting Ghostbusters. Yep. When it's- I'm back. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> Yay! But hey, you guys, uh, you guys, Designing Women fan? You like that shit? Delta Burke and uh, I watched Nut, some of Gene it. Smart. Yeah. And- I caught it every once in a while, yeah. Meshach yeah. Taylor. I, I was going to say, I'm a big Meshach Taylor fan. I think Meshach Taylor is Thank awesome. You. Uh, speaking of him, he was really great in Dave's World as well with Harry Anderson and Shadow Steven from Hollywood Squares. Uh, Meshach Taylor also in the Mannequin films. The only character that comes back from Mannequin 2, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's dead, actually. And it's really he is. Sad yeah, he passed away several years ago, yeah. He wasn't very old, and I really no. loved him. And it made me sad when he had died. Same. No, Meshach Taylor was, he was a phenomenal actor. I will pour some out for him later tonight. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Michelle Taylor. Designing women. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I really like that show. Um, if you guys didn't grow up on it, then it probably doesn't hold up. So I don't know if I can recommend it to anyone. I did. I mean, I didn't really grow up with again I, I watched it from time to time but it wasn't like appointment viewing at my house and honestly if, if it was my parents would have probably made me go to bed before it was on because again very conservative upbringing so it's a good like if you could do an 
hour block of that and Mama's family, you, I mean, you're just you're because gonna make my, all the money because my parents were Carol Burnett fans. Mama's family was appointment oh, viewing growing yes, up. Dude. So mm, yeah. me too. I still love me some Mama's family. Both versions, the Car- with Carol Burnett and without, like they're mm-hmm. both really great. Yeah, fucking Vicky Lawrence, dude. She's on Instagram. Hit her up. Yeah, man. I, I the night the lights went out in Georgia. Fucking I have that forty-five. It's a, a great. That's a. Great that's the version I sing in karaoke. Yeah, man. Why would you sing any other? Do other versions well, of that song exist? I don't want to know about them. Well, Reba, Reba did a cover of it. Uh, Reba's hard for me to do though, so much so that if I do fancy, it's the Bobby Gentry version. Like I can't fuck with Reba. Is it like too high? Is it out of your register or? Yeah, she does. You know, those parts where she projects like really fast and really high. I can't I can't do those in a way that it it stays consistent with the rest of what I'm doing. It's not something I can naturally do. Oh, now the Vicky Lawrence version is great. My my go to karaoke is uh, just a gigolo. uh, The David Lee Roth version. Yeah, dude. Dude, I can see that. Yeah. That's my go-to. You know what I told? I told Jimmy when I was in Indy, because we're both in Indy, you know, at Christmas, because we're both from there. Um, I told him that we needed to do karaoke and that um, I wanted to do a duet with him on Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Hell yeah. And then I even volunteered to be the lady. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is more my range anyway. But... um, this motherfucker had never heard Paradise by the Dashboard Light. How do you what? live to be? How do you live three decades and never, you've never heard Paradise by the Dashboard Light? Like, what? How does that escape your. I don't know. How? That's such a cultural touchstone. That was you like don't even have to seek it out. It, it's just there. It's in Josie and the fucking Pussycats. It is. Though it's cold and lonely in the deep dark night. I love that song. He really appreciated it, though. Like, uh, I was like, yo, that baseball part, man. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, that's pretty rad. Honestly, I love that whole album. Better to Hell, one of my top five albums. Oh, yeah, it's an amazing album. You are on record as being a huge Meatloaf fan, Steve. I love Meatloaf. I do. I do. I discovered Both the singer and the food dish. Correct. Yes. yes. I, you know, hundred percent. I discovered uh, the depth of Meatloaf's oeuvre in college, and particularly his output with Jim Steinman. And I, there was no looking back. Like, like what else is there? Honestly, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, there is something about that level of theatricality and his reliance on ballads that just really struck a chord with with college age Stephen. And uh, it's it's resonated ever since. But no, if we ever do top five albums on disenfranchised, uh, that one will make an appearance for sure. Hey, I actually know that, my top five albums. I got that locked away. So you'd have to give me like six months to figure that out. So if we're ever gonna do that, give me a lot of notice. Start thinking about it now. Artists like musical artists, I could do that easy. But albums, albums. Oof, start tough. thinking albums. I know. Uh, I figured that'd be hard for you. Tough. I would say just start yeah. thinking about it now, and when you when you get it, let me know, and I'll put it on the schedule. Uh, okay. Hey, if okay. you guys want to hear us talk about our favorite albums of all time on the Patreon, uh, drop an email to uh, 
disenfranchpod at gmail.com and let us know. And if you want to see my entire record collection as I'm listening to it alphabetically, you can go to my Instagram because that's a thing I do. And 90% of my posts now on yeah. Instagram are just records I'm listening to. I like the one of you and your cat, though. That was a good one. I threw that. I was throwing people a bone there. I told my roommate, I was like, it's been a lot of records. Like, nobody gives a fuck. And whenever I show my face, people are all up on it. So I was like, let me grab this dumbass cat. (laughs) Take a picture of me. And she was like, all right. And then we did that. And then. So I want to circle back to something that Brett said, because Brett said he's never done karaoke before. And I want to know, Brett, A, why have you never done karaoke? Uh, that is not my thing. I'm an introvert to my core. I would never, ever in a million years stand up in front of some anybody, even people I like. Not um, a performer. Not a performer. I would never. B. I would never and will never. For the B. If the, circum- if the circumstances were correct, again, we, we have established you will never, but... In this, you know, hypothetical situation, let's say you've had enough liquid courage, you trust all the people in the room. What song are you going to do for karaoke? What song would you most want to perform at karaoke or what song do you think you could perform best at karaoke? I've got your back here, Brett. I got you because I've I've thought about when you guys have talked about karaoke before, I've tried to figure out what it'd be. I can't. So here's what you do, Brett. Here's what you do. You do tequila. You do tequila. No, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's the one, cop, though. That's the bullshit that's the cop one. out karaoke song. That was, right? Did I tell you guys this at karaoke this summer here at the campground? Um, I think you some did. Kid, yeah. Some kid came up and he was like, My mom said if I came up here and sing a song, she'd give me 20 bucks. And he did fucking tequila. And this kid just sat up there the whole time, just. Scrolling through his phone. Tequila. <laughs> That's just, it was brilliant. It was thing, if, if you do brilliant. it, you have to be funny. That's the thing. That's yeah. the, what you have to do. No, here's what you do. You go with Tucker. And while you're waiting to sing the tequila part, Tucker will dance across the stage like Pee Wee Herman. I will. I'll put on the platforms and dance on my toes. Mm-hmm. I know the move. Yeah, that that's the, he's doing it right now. Look, that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm all right. I'm good. Okay, man. appreciate right. it. That's cool. Appreciate too. it. Will you come with us and listen to me and Steven sing both separately and together? Sure. Yes, okay. I would. Absolutely I would sing the meatloaf part on Paradise by the Dashboard Light with you. Sweet. I'm into it. I'm way into it. Because I fucking love that song. You kidding me? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. What's what's your go-to karaoke song, Tucker? Uh, across 110th Street. Oh yes, Bobby, Bobby Womack. Womack. I was gonna say Bobby Womack, right? Yeah, that's that one's on my like. I've got this Uber playlist of like just songs that I love. Uh, no rhyme or reason to it other than I like these songs, and every one of them is one that I could go, "Ooh, this is my jam" at any given moment. And across 110th Street, 100 on that list. Love that it. one is my favorite one to perform. The one I perform the best and I always get the most compliments about is American Girl by Tom Petty because I do a really good Tom Petty impression to the point to where it's kind of funny, but like it's really, really good. So like it's also like really good, but sort of funny and how good it is. Like uh, that's the the one like the guy who's doing uh, like the guy who's doing Trump on SNL now. Like it's really good, but it's funny how good it is. 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's my Tom Petty. The one I did most recently, it was one of my bucket list songs. Um, my partner and I did karaoke at a local brewery and I did um, Santeria by Sublime. Oh, that was cool. one that I'd always wanted to do. And I was amazed at the response. Everyone was seemed to really enjoy it. So everybody loves that fucking song, man. I got down and one guy was like, that was soulful, man. I was like, thank you. I also do a mean lovesick blues by Hank Williams. Mm. I'm good with the yodel stuff. Yeah, that tracks. I can I can see that. You know what I think I'd, I'd probably do? The devil went down to Georgia. Hell yes. I do Uneasy Rider. Uh, it's hard, though, because they do the F slur in that. And I, I struggle to figure out what to say instead. And sometimes I'm really drunk and I forget and accidentally say it. Mm. So... That's not good. But Devil Went Down to Georgia, Brett, yes, yes. People do that all the time, and they fuck it up because they have no rhythm. Brett, I think you can do it. You can do it, man. You can do it. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, like, I don't know. Maybe, I'm just, maybe I just have really good rhythm, but I don't know how you could fuck up that rhythm. Right? Well, it's fast. It's fast. And Yeah, but you've heard it so many times. Yeah. Like, it's one of those songs that you – if you don't go up there and just like do a perfect imitation of the actual song, like what are you doing? Cause like everybody knows that song so well, you got to have the drawl and the growl kind of all wrapped up in one thing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. My uneasy writers, the shit though, you guys, it is the shit. I right on. You. I believe you. Yeah, right on. Um, anyway, the spy who dumped me. Yeah. Spy who what? dumped me. Um, un- underrated. I thought, I also love the fact that Kate McKinnon's character was named Morgan Freeman. Um, that was a fun little throwaway joke, I thought. Well, and the the her follow up line, like, yeah, I can get a table pretty much anywhere I want. Just that that fucking cracked me up. Again, I I thought Kate McKinnon was a delight in this which movie. It feels like it comes out of nowhere too late in the movie. I feel Again, like you, you, you set time. that up. You, you could have milked that, that three or four more times. If if it, uh, that's what it is, it feels like a joke that would have you would have been setting that up the whole movie. Mm hmm. It's and a call that joke. Scene, that scene would have been the payoff, but it feels like we just get the payoff that had no setup. It yeah, all good weird. bits come full circle, and none of these did. And and I, I I feel like there are a lot of things conspiring against, but I feel like the, again the pacing and the runtime just fucking hamstring this movie, um, which is why I can't rate it any higher than I ended up doing. Um, again, I liked it. I had a I had a fun time with it, but it's not like this is not the greatest comedy I've ever seen. I want more action comedies. Like I wanted to like this even more than I did because I want more movies like this. I want more action comedies. I want more movies that are not afraid to be funny and blow shit up. Like if, if a, if a movie starring Dwayne, the rock Johnson is what passes for a, a an action comedy these days. No, thank you. Uh, hey, I don't, he I don't did do that. be cool though. And he was funny in that. And there was, action I agree. In that. He was but hilarious that, in that, movie. that that was before he became the rock as we know him. Like that was before his whole like carefully crafted persona phase when he wasn't afraid to play gay men or to play villains in films. Like, well, he, was I, afraid, he wasn't afraid to play anyone but himself. Or I his actually read an, read an article this week uh, where Dwayne Johnson said that he wants to he wants to be more of an actor now, which it would make sense that he would want to start a new chapter in his life, considering the 
how, he hasn't been doing how, very well at the box office. I was going to say how actively his his last one kind of fizzled. Yeah. And hey, I don't care the reason. I'm here for it. I I think he had the honestly. I think he had has the potential. I think Be Cool is agreed an indication of what he is capable of as a performer. Mm-hmm. He's just never really wanted to exercise it. He'd rather be a mogul. He'd rather carefully. He'd rather be a brand. That's the only that. time I believe he's not the Rock. Yeah. Is in Be Cool. It's the only time where I keep having to remind myself, this is Dwayne the motherfucking Rock Johnson, BT Dubs. Yeah. We could absolutely cover Self. Be Cool, by the way, on uh, on, on uh, Franchise sometime. Yeah. So. We could talk about how Uma Thurman is just worthless unless she's in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't know if I want to say worthless, but yeah. <laughs> he, he seems to know how to use her better than just about anyone yes. else does. I will say that. Yeah. I have not seen her, her in anything that's not Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction that I thought that she even deserved to be auditioning for those roles. Fucking Gattaca, dude. She's she seems like a lovely person, um, but I'm just saying I don't I don't think she's a very good actor. How fucking dare you. Fuck, fucking Gattaca, Sorry. though, dude. How dare Sorry. you besmirch the good name of Batman and Robin? Get the fuck out of here. Sorry. Uh, she knew what movie she was in, but she still sucked in that movie. But, but fucking Gattaca, dude. I don't, I don't, I don't know about no Gattaca, dude. Nah, maybe about should, no Gattaca. Maybe you should give a fuck about Gattaca, though. Maybe. Straight up, maybe. Straight up, maybe. Straight up, do, son. Maybe. Anyway, The Spy Who Dumped Me came out August 3rd, 2018. Uh, it opened at number three at the box office, earning $12.1 million on its way to $33.6 domestic, another uh, 45.4 uh, international for about a $79 million worldwide box office. So and that's off of a $40 million budget. So it made uh, back its initial budget, but again, after advertising and marketing and everything else it did not break even the way it should have uh it opens at number three in the number one spot um the at the time most recent entry in tucker's favorite franchise uh mission colon impossible dash fallout steven's being silly i am being silly you were just talking about how you watched dead reckoning on what are we watching though so hey man they're all at least watchable the first yeah. two are fantastic the first one is like i think the second one might be one of my least favorite but i think i think the first i like one it because it's the exact opposite of the first one yeah exact I, opposite and i love it it's it's john woo doing john woo shit though <laughs> and that's that and i it, wish it i wish the series would have gone on like that you know you get a a, a like a an auteur director to come in and put their stamp on the franchise. How rad would that be if we got consistently different movies like the first two are? They did that. They tried to do that. But the third auteur they brought in was J.J. Abrams. The fourth one was Brad Bird. And then after that, it was just the Macquarie show because he was the one one who stuck by Tom Hanks uh, when or Tom Cruise, rather, when they were trying to get rid of Tom Cruise from that franchise. So that's why. Um, in second place opening this week also is Christopher Robin. Um, what if you and McGregor was Christopher Robin? 
hey, do you guys remember that movie where the things had changed and um, the what was the movie? The Flash, right? And Eric Stoltz was in Back to the Future. Right. What if? What if? What was the movie we were just talking about? Somebody called the Watcher because what if? <laughs> Christopher Robin. No, the one before that. Mission Impossible Fallout? What if in another timeline, it's Tom Hanks that's in all the Mission Impossible movies? I mean, that's kind of hilarious. Like the Flash is somewhere else in the speed zone or whatever. And somebody's like, yeah, that new Tom Hanks Mission Impossible movie. And he's like, the fuck? Mm -hmm. The Flash 2. I just and can't imagine Tom, Tom Hanks in an action movie. That's really what the funny part. <laughs> and they bring up Tom Cruise and someone's like, what, you mean America's dad, Tom Cruise? Right. The Burbs, Tom Cruise. Right. <laughs> Fucking Catch Me If You Can's Tom Cruise. Like what they right. did in Last Action Hero with Schwarzenegger and Stallone. He's, yeah. He's swap the two. Yep. Yeah. Yes. See our previous episode on that movie. I love that uh, idea. Anyway, Christopher Robin, Ewan McGregor yeah. is Christopher Robin. And, and I mean, you, you, that movie is actually pretty good. Like, Winnie the Pooh in that it. movie is just like Chef's Kiss, the jokes. Prime, Prime Winnie the Pooh. Nice. Prime Winnie the Pooh stuff. Prime yeah, it's Pooh. It's hilarious. It's very funny. I, I've not seen it, but I've heard I've heard good things. Just like uh, Winnie the Pooh. Th- just like Winnie the Pooh. Third place, we've got, again, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Uh, the movie that we discussed today. Hey, that's in, this movie. That's this movie. In fourth place, in its third weekend, Mamma Mia, colon, here we go again. Oh, great. In fifth place, Equalizer 2. I mean, look, this is August, and August is either when the, where the summer blockbusters are fizzling out, or we're just dumping shit that we don't want to like give a proper release to. It's the kind summer of is the meal, and August is when you take a dump after you eat there you go uh kind of like the end of the year and then january february kind of the dumping ground um if rounding out the top 10 you've got hotel transylvania 3 summer vacation in its fourth week uh ant-man and the wasp in its fifth week in seventh uh future episode of this podcast the darkest mind opens at eight what is that the dark it's a ya adaptation oh boy yeah uh, in ninth place, in speaking of Brad Bird, Incredibles two, uh, and at ten, uh, tenth place, Teen Titans go to the movies. To the movies. To the, the movies. I liked Tomorrowland. Um. Oh, you're the you one. Said Brad okay. Bird. Sorry. Yeah, I'm the one. Yeah. It was heavy handed, sure, but I thought it was really fantastic. Um. The Tomatometer score for the Spy Who Dumped Me is forty eight percent. Uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me, uh, critics' consensus, The Spy Who Dumped Me isn't the funniest or most inventive spy comedy, but Ke- McKinnon remains as compulsively watchable as ever. Uh, the Metascore is a 52 based on mixed or average reviews from 43 critics. And the Letterboxd score is... Where the fuck's the Letterboxd score for this movie? Oh, I was looking at the wrong screen. That is my fault. Letterboxd score is a 2.8. Brett, out of five stars, how are you rating 2018's The Spy Who Dumped Me? I gave it a half star because it's a movie that was made by people and it was, you know, filmed and all that. And then I gave it one star for Kate McKinnon. So one and a half. All right. Tucker, what about you? It gets one star for 
Jane Curtin and uh fucking what's his nuts? Paul Reiser? Yeah, I almost said Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> I mean, what you if, could understand how I get them mixed up though. They got the same hair. Okay, but what if what if uh Paul Reiser was in the what if Paul Reiser was in the 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 uh the the police academy movies and Steve Gutenberg was in Mad About You? <laughs> yes, The Flash 3. <laughs> you guys, which one was in My Two Dads in this timeline? Was that the Goot? Or was that Paul Reiser? Paul Reiser was in, in, in the current timeline. It's Paul Reiser with the girl from Step by Step. She's like yeah. a lawyer now. Yeah. Well. Well. So one star comes and she was like, "Yeah, no thanks." Yeah, one star because it's garbage. Utter garbage. Um, whereas I gave it, I gave it a two and a half. I liked it. It's it's a two point five for me. So that's fair. Yeah. Sure. I love so, that for you, Stephen. I do too. I truly it's, do. It's great for all of us, really. And if it's great for us, it's great for the economy. It's just all the way around. Okay. It's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. The environment is healing because of this. Exactly. Let's let's bring it all together. Many people yes. are saying this. A lot of people are saying <laughs> it. Uh, before we move into the socials, as Tucker teased earlier in the episode, we That's do me. have some mail <laughs> from a listener. Do you want to read it, Tucker? Or would you like me to do so? I have it pulled up here. As do I. Uh, but I had it pulled up first, so I think I get to read it. I unless I, you want to read it, and then we can flip the coin of justice. Unless Brett also wants to read it, then we could roll the die. No, go ahead. I would just say omit the omit the the sender's last name. But yeah, go ahead. And well, read I it. was gonna I was gonna okay say it really loud and spell it. But now that <laughs> you say that, uh, this comes from Nicole uh, or Listener Nicole. Uh, she says in the letter or, or they, I'm, I'm not sure of, of the pronouns here. Um, but they say in the letter that my name is Nicole, but they sign it Nikki. Right. So, uh, let us know in the comments or email us again, Nicole, which one you prefer. Um, they say, hello, my name is Nicole. Can you please, please. Please, please. That's four That's pleases. Four gentlemen. pleases. Very polite. Please, 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 yeah. please. So nice to ask this way. Do mm-hmm. 1998's Urban Legend for me for my birthday on May 18th? Uh, no. Unfortunately, though, it, it was <laughs> the highlight. I'm going to be brusque. I will let Tucker explain why. <laughs> it's, the, it's the highlight of my week to get this fan mail we got text we got texts from tucker the minute you literally the moment you sent that to us nicole like he was so excited to get email it it makes my heart very warm but the fact of the matter is this unfortunately urban legend has two sequels it does, yeah. Final Cut and Bloody Mary. I could have sworn Mary. there was another one that was filmed simultaneously with Bloody Mary. I'm gonna maybe they up. maybe they took the Urban Legend branding off of it because I swear they were filmed back to back, like they were going to be released. Uh, like Bloody Mary was direct to DVD, but Final Cut came out in the theaters. I, I saw it in the theater. It had uh, yeah. it had um uh, what's his nuts? Whoa, uh, Joey, Joey Lawrence. Lawrence. Joey Lawrence yeah. was in that, yeah. It's it's only yeah. the three, yeah. It's it's Urban Legend, Final Cut, and Bloody Mary. So uh, unfortunately, since I mean we we like to play fast and loose with the format, 
but we kind of draw the line when there actually are sequels. And right. as much as to I would love film. to pretend that the two Urban Legends sequels don't exist, they do, unfortunately. Right? Now, here's and here's what I will say, great. Nicole. Here's here, And I've not discussed this with my co-host at all, but here's, here's what I'm sure. willing to commit and meeting. to. Sure. Here's what I'm willing to commit to. If you become a patron and are a patron in your birth month in May, then I will commit to scheduling an unenfranchised episode on Urban Legend Bloody Mary. I like that. That is the thing I will commit to. And we'll do it in May for your birthday. Uh, Now, I don't know how I feel about it. If you give us money, we'll do it. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it's a little... Here's the thing. Unenfranchised is a patron-only show. That's the only reason I say it. And we can't fit any urban legend stuff on On the main main feed. feed. And not only that, but we have stuff scheduled, as Stephen made very clear in the group yeah. chat may is may is scheduled may has been scheduled for at least a week man. so i don't know man i want to be more beholden to our audience but i, I agree I'm, and if I'm I could, here, so. if, if i could suggest uh maybe emailing us again and and giving us one of your favorite movies that is a failed franchise starter that has no sequels but it can in some way be construed as there should have been they wanted there to be you know we're like we're pretty lenient on we, that shit if you honestly. can make the case for it we will you do it unless there are actual sequels here's one thing i will say though nicole if you are a fan of jamie blanks i would recommend you check out our uh, episode from the director of urban legend oh word uh that you check out our episode that we did last february on valentine with our buddy mike snootian from pod and the pendulum that is also directed by jamie blanks that one didn't get a sequel and we absolutely talked about that one on the main feed if you've not checked out that episode episode yet it's a good app mike is always a delight we're we we're we're supposed to have him on next week i hope i can get him i know dude i saw that and also i would recommend watching that movie even though i hated it it is an experience there's some just wild shit that you have to see in that fucking some, movie. Some, it's so dumb. It, it's, it's so dumb. The <laughs> kills are to understand incre- how dumb it is. incredibly imaginative in the way that I imagine they would be in an urban legend. I've not actually seen any of the urban legends. You movies. haven't seen urban legends? No. The urban legends? Steven. I mean, okay. The first urban legend is great. I will it's stand fantastic. by that. It's really good. Fantastic. And the second one's okay. But the Bloody Mary... The, the spiders, Sorry. that's cool. But outside of that, it's just really bad. I'm just, I'm no, just, no, again, no, I'm trying to. I used to own it. I bought it for like $2 at Blockbuster. I, I was going to say, either that or you got the code from a buddy, from that buddy of yours that used to work at the video store. But yeah. Uh, so my is... suggestion, fellas, would have been yeah. we start a new main feed show. It's just about fan mail. And we cover a movie that a fan wants us to cover. Well, I mean, we, us- format. we usually do that, but usually it falls within the format, though. Well, like we've, we've actually got a few of those coming up in the next couple of months. That's true. That's we've true. got one Fair coming up. Actually, we've got one coming up later this month and one coming up next month. So we've got literally two on the schedule. Nicole, let the record and, show that I tried. And that's why I think the the best thing to do would to if if you haven't joined the Patreon and you think that's something you'd be interested in if you like this show like we do 
so there's so much content on the Patreon. Particularly if you like when we go off the rails on this show, like if you like the tangent, like this was a tangent heavy episode because we really could only fill 45 minutes of movie talk and we just kind of shot the shit for another 15, 20 minutes. Um, Like if that's the kind of shit you like us to do, you should absolutely be a patron because that is, that is pretty much all we do behind that paywall. Like, yeah, we, we have topics and we talk about things, but we're also shooting like most recently we shot the shit about the rage carry two for unenfranchised. Oh, yeah. Cause that is, that is one of Tucker's like seminal films that Brett and I were just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. But we still had a great conversation about it guys. We did. We had fun. We, we had a fun talk. It was a good talk. Yeah, good talk. Yeah. And so if you, it, and you know what I think, do we still have the seven day trial, Steven? I think we do still have the seven day trial. Yeah. I'd say check that out. Check that out. And if it's in within your budget and it seems like something you'd like, it's just, I mean, for what you're paying, it's so, it's so little for mm-hmm. what you get. And yeah. I hate that this has turned into an advertisement for the yeah, Patreon. No, I'm, not, Patreon. I'm not a fan of this line that but, we're going down. Like, no, 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 no. I, I, I would say the, the other thing that would be good to do, uh, like the Patreon, I, like I want people to join it because money, but also because we put a lot into that and there's a lot of really good stuff on that. And like, yeah. if I weren't on this show, I'm still a patron. You are like before I was on this show, I was a patron. You were one of our first it's, patrons. It's so, there's so much. You hope and like, Joseph were our first patrons. So like you could watch to listen to a main feed episode and you could listen to us two or three hours a day for the rest of the week until you get to the next main feed episode and you'd still have so much content to burn through. Yeah. I mean, there are people who are working through, uh, our, uh, friend of the show patron, uh, Norvin, uh, was, I was talking to him on Instagram the other week and he's like, yeah, I'm almost caught up and it's kind of bumming me out because I'm going to have to actually <laughs> wait in real time for new episodes. No. <laughs> um, now that, that being said, if for some reason you're not into the patron, patreon stuff like i said there's a seven day trial so you can check it out for free um if you're not into that or if you 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 don't you can't support us financially uh, i would recommend giving us another email give us a movie that doesn't have any sequels and we'll get to it i'd say we could probably get to it maybe this year my uh, absolutely we've got some we space on the schedule this we year definitely have some space on the schedule we yeah. definitely have some space on the schedule um i well what i will tell you uh we i and i will say with regard to what does and does not constitute a failed franchise starter we play pretty loose by those rules uh if if my rule has has pretty much been if you can make a case for it we'll probably do it unless there is a, a movie in a franchise that immediately follows it we're we're probably not going to or we're probably going to do it unless there is that movie that follows it. Like we're, we're pretty easy on that. And again, urban legend is just one where we're, we're kind of tied because those sequels do exist. So, and the first one is uh, a direct sequel. The first sequel is a direct sequel to the first one is what I'm trying to say. Right. Whereas the third one is just kind of has the name. Yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's, it's own thing kind of we'll slap, slap the urgent urban legend name on it and, call it it's like because i don't know based on what i'm reading about the third one it looks like it was just kind of one of those things that um like they probably wrote the script for a different movie that had nothing to do with it and they're like hey kind of like the rage carry too let's uh make this an urban legend thing because this is kind of an urban legend so why not shoehorn it into this this franchise so yeah 
but so anyway thanks for the mail and and look even though we we cannot cover what you would like for us to cover and we feel real real bad about that we are definitely willing to work with you on it absolutely absolutely um we love getting mail from you guys let us know what you think just uh let us know if there's a failed franchise starter you would like to see us cover that we have not done so yet or just say hi we like it made tucker's whole week when Nicole sent us that email. So if you want to make Tucker's week, shoot us some emails. Disenfranchpod at gmail.com is the name of the email address. And now's the time. Now's the time because once people start emailing us all the time, we won't be able to put all of this attention on each and every email. Mm -hmm. So if you really, if you really want us to, you know, we've been talking about this for 10 minutes now. If you really want us to go deep on your email, like you got to get it in now, dude, before the crowd gets gets here. And also, so. I will say, if if you, I mean, if we get to a point where we've got scads and scads of people emailing us, we might have to just do a mailbag episode. Into it. That might just be a thing we have to do. And I don't know Way if we put that on the main feed or behind the paywall. I don't know. Well, uh, I I don't, I don't know. Band meeting. I I vote for main feed, but not on a Thursday. But band meeting at some point. Okay. We can, yeah. we can discuss. If it ever gets to be an issue, we can have that conversation. Right now, it's not that issue. Yeah. Oh, it, w- it will be at some point. I hope so. I hope yeah. that is the case. I do. Um, but anyway, shoot us an email. Disenfranchpod at gmail.com. Join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. Five bucks a month gets you access to days of content. Like, just so, so, so many podcasts that we've recorded. Uh, you've got commentaries, unenfranchised, disenfranchised, oops, all video game corner, oops, all Christianity corner, weekly episodes of what are we watching? Like it's, it's an embarrassment of riches, particularly if you like us being silly. Uh, so check that out. Patreon.com slash disenfranchpod. We surely are. Um, hit us up on the social medias. We are on uh, Blue Sky, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Facebook and YouTube at disenfranch pod tucker in particular um begs you to check out the youtube channel uh subscribe like and share those videos with your friends uh how are we doing on getting on the youtube music ha ha ha, ha. working on it ha, ha, ha. <laughs> right on ha, 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 ha. <laughs> that's what you working said last week i'm sorry google podcast people i really am working on it Really we hope to get that uh, podcast or this this show to you quickly, and hopefully, I mean, I mean, if that's what you use, you probably haven't been getting this episode anyway. So sorry. Oh no, you have it. It gets through on Google Podcasts. Oh, does well, it? Okay. Not now because it doesn't exist. But until it ceased to exist, we were on Google Podcasts. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you, they're not going to get this episode because it's not there anymore. The thing doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, and anyway. Uh, what- while you're on the internet, swing on by wherever you do get your podcasts, be it uh, Apple Podcasts, be it Google Podcasts, well, not anymore, be it uh, Spotify, leave us a nice five-star rating and a review, please and thank you. That goes a long way to helping us find more listeners like yourselves. Uh, I am your host, Stephen Foxworthy. You can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd, and was it uh, blue sky at chewy walrus brett you're back where can people find you if they want to catch you when you're not on this podcast uh the same old places that i'm not very active letterboxd instagram and blue ski at uh, sus underscore warlock just sus warlock on blue ski because they don't like underscores 
They don't. Mm-hmm. I find that weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tucker, what about you, sir? I'm on Instagram and YouTube at ice909, I-C-E, N-I-N-E, the number zero and the number nine. As previously mentioned, I am doing an alphabetical listen-through of, of all of my records that I've collected basically since I was a child. So that's happening on my Instagram if you're interested in, in looking at the records I own. Not hearing uh, them, but listening to Do you no. attach any any music to those pictures? I, I do hear that's not. A thing Some you can people do. do, but I do not. Because that might be a good way to help people hear maybe one of your favorite tracks from that album. No. Might be no, a good way to go like check out the album. up engagement a little bit. It's n- I don't care about engagement. It Clearly. makes me happy to do it the way that I'm doing it. So that's okay. how I'm going to do it. Well, I appreciate it that, that Stephen. I'm, I'm not meaning to like, like poo-poo on what you're saying. It's just I don't... I just doing it for myself it's like my music that's on youtube like that's why i don't promote that shit really is because it's just i i just do it to to get it out of my system and have it there for preservation if you want to listen to it it's fucking rad if you like it that's even better fuck yeah bam but uh it's all for me it's all for me steven all for you damien i mean tucker Hey, and then also I'm somewhere else. Oh, yeah, I'm Tuck Mugs also on Instagram. Tuck underscore mugs. Where we talk about mugs. Been a while since we had a mug. Oh, we're going to have one. Excuse me. We're going to have one here really soon. (laughs) Sorry, I got really, it got a little squished there. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about them real soon. (laughs) We got another mug coming, dude. And I want, Brett, could I get, um, you do a guest mug and we could just have a picture of each of your big bills or whatever is the, the ones that you showcased bill. on. What are we watching this week? Sure. I could do that. Okay. And tell me all like who they are and where you got them. And you, you know, the format, you know, that shit when you mm-hmm. get, when you get a minute, Brett, cause I know you busy as fuck. So yeah. when you we get a minute, no rush time to hang with us tonight, particularly no talking about this movie. Yeah, dude. Dude. Yeah, dude. So yeah, tuck underscore mugs. Go there and just have a chill time on the internet. Right on. And that's where you can find all of us. Tucker has more to say, apparently. I was just going to say that my roommate uh, took a a little little trip to Vermont. She's going to be there for a few days. And she stopped at a diner on the way and she got me a diner mug. Oh... You guys, I'm so excited. She knows me so well. Uh, I would hope so. Look at this. Look at that. Hannah's. Oh, you can't. I'm sorry. I'll share it Not with really. you later. But yeah, it's I was just. Gonna say, just send that a, picture to the group chat, dude. And you know what? They just gave it to her. She was like, do you sell your mugs? Because most places like that do. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, no, nah, but you, you can you just. bought a diner mug in Indy. They were year. like, no, you can just straight up have it. Nice. That's How nice. Cool I like that? that. I like that normally a lot. You gotta, you, normally, you got to put it in your purse, you know? Yeah. Well, they don't notice. Yeah. That's nice. I yeah. like that a lot. Good for good for her. Fuck good for man. them. Good for me. It's mine, man. It's yeah, good my for mug, me. dude. Good for, good, for, good for the economy, quite frankly. It really is. I didn't have to go there. I didn't have to, like, put, 
like smoke in the air and stuff from my car. Yeah. Though my I drive a Subaru and it's got like this special. It's got two mufflers, mm. and they're so special that it cuts out like seventy percent of my emissions. It's wild. So it's, it's from two thousand eleven. Like Can you believe that? It's like you're driving a Prius. Kind of, but I, it's not electric at all. It's just the mm. exhaust system, like, really exhausts the fuck out of some shit. <laughs> yeah, it'd be exhausting. And, like, double time. Like I say, I got two mufflers, dude. I got two mufflers. Speaking of like, exhausted, that's exhausted. me. Um, and probably you guys that. after listening to this conversation. Hey. Hey. That is us. Hey, this has been the Disenfranchised Podcast. This has been our episode on The Spy Who Dumped Me. Join us next week for a very special Valentine's episode, hopefully with our buddy Mike Snooney, if I can get him scheduled. Until next time, I'm well, I'm your host, Stephen Fox, with it from my co-host, Brett Wright and Tucker. Until next time, das Vidanya again, because I don't know what else to say. <laughs>